0: You're about to listen to A True Story Told Live, because this is True Stories Live, brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre, and me, Molly Naylor. So will you please welcome to the stage the wonderful Molly Potter! Not sure. Not sure about that introduction. Hmm. Hello. Uh, Right. Thank you. That's better. I I didn't mean it, Molly. Don't look that scared. (laughs) Uh, Right. Seven ages of women. Hmm. Well, it was a bit of a shocking revelation when I realised that I'm probably on the sixth age. That's a bit like being on Saturday when you know the week finishes on Sunday and Sundays can be a bit shit. Um, So I thought, seeing as I have done most of these ages, what I would do is uh, talk about how being born female has kind of impacted on me in each of those stages. Now it will be a whistle stop tour because I've only got 10 minutes. You'll have to wait for the Hollywood film. Okay, so I will start with when I was born um i was a disappointment my mum really really wanted a boy and she'd already got a girl with my sister um because in my mum's family boys were just considered better than girls and i suspect that went back generations and uh i also um I've actually kind of like forgotten what I was going to say, because I'm, I've kept saying to Esther, I'm a bit poorly, I'm not quite myself. (laughs) But yeah, oh yeah, that's it, I was going to say something dark, perhaps I had a little reaction there, I can't say it is a bit dark. But also, girls were like miniature versions of my mum, that she could project herself loathing onto. (laughs) When my brother did eventually come along, um, he was put on a pedestal. At first, I know what it is. This is—I feel like this is a bit low. Hang on, that's what it is. I'm going to blame this. Can I put it up, Molly? Yeah. I feel like I have to go like that. I'm, I'm being really fussy and prima donna. <laughs> that's better. There, I don't, I don't have to keep doing that. Right. So, yeah, I, I have no idea where what I was talking about. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I know, he was put on a pencil. Only, only at first though, because. Basically, he uh, didn't quite turn out to be the son that my mum had in mind—the one that rocks up in his Mercedes and says, "Hop in, Mum. I'm taking you for lunch." Now that's become a bit of a family joke, and if you knew my brother, you'd understand why. Don't get me wrong—I adore my brother, um, but he wasn't. When it comes to sort of gender expectations, my mum had some pretty rigid ideas. So the next stage two is childhood now I was a complete and utter tomboy someone earlier was saying we don't use that word anymore um but I probably was just trying to be the boy that my mum wanted I the only sort of feminine trait that I did sort of have was I was a bit of a pleaser but that often misfired like the time when I was four and I got a giant polystyrene box and I smashed it up Polystyrene was different in the 70s I'm sure of it but it had like these little spheres and I smashed it up into loads of little spheres and scattered it all over the back garden ran into the house and said Mum, Dad, it snowed! I was really shocked by the response I got I thought they'd be really pleased everyone loves snow, don't they? Um, so my Chaos, my messiness, and my kind of naughtiness just was an incessant source of irritation for my mum. I cut all the hair off my dolls. I didn't like dolls. Top, top, top. All the time. Uh, my favourite toy wa- toys were probably mud and water, genuinely. Fantastic. Um, I couldn't sit still, and I couldn't, certainly couldn't do neat handwriting, which... If you're a girl in the 70s, a schoolgirl in the 70s, that seems to be the only objective you're given, the only aspiration. So, yeah, and I was messy, completely messy all the time. I'm a mess. In fact, um, if I couldn't do anything neatly. If you put an item of clothing on me, I would uh, make it look disheveled within minutes um, mess just followed me wherever I went such that and I think I said this in another story that when I shared a bedroom with my sister she drew a chalk line across the bedroom and said there was no way I was allowed on her side because of my capacity to make mess I was a climber too I used to climb on roofs up trees over fences all over building sites and um, whenever I was caught on a roof get into really serious trouble to this day i still don't really know why being on a roof is naughty exactly (laughs) um so throughout my childhood i was pretty much told or people just kept saying to me why can't you be like the other girls i just couldn't i didn't know did i it was just me so as a teenager um i was still more interested in climbing and building dens than I was in anything else. Um, In fact, I'd upped the ante on my climbing. I was the only kid in the street who could climb all the trees, very proud of that, still. Um, And also me and my brother used to play a game where we'd go up adjacent fir trees and dare each other to go further and further. You know how they get thinner and thinner until we were swaying like that. Sometimes actually even doubling over. (laughs) And so, uh, I have only fallen out of a tree twice in my life, which I think is a really good climb to fall out ratio. <laughs> so, again, proud of that. Uh, my friends used to tolerate that I was a tomboy. Um, they used to quite often pull me aside and try to help me understand that taking time over your appearance was actually really very important. I just used to, I, uh, I didn't care. They'd sort of sometimes start playing with my hair, put that funny flick thing in with spray and that because um, it was the 80s. Uh, i let them do that. But I honestly think they didn't really think that I truly couldn't, you know, didn't care about what I looked like. They really didn't believe that that's how I was. Um, my sister used to get involved as well. She used to use me as a live girl's world. Now, for those of you who don't know what girl's world is it's a plastic head with hair that you can practice your makeup and hairstyles on Uh, anyway she'd use me and put makeup on and do that funny flick thing Um, and then she'd say see molly you're not that ugly after all (laughs) i used to lap up the attention but i hated the sitting still my sister was also the first person in my life to persuade me to go to a hairdressers when I was 14. And she promised me that I'd go into that hairdressers and I'd come out with a Madonna perm, okay? now for some reason, I like that idea. Very odd that I like that idea, but I like that idea. So I went into the hairdressers, asked for my Madonna perm, came out looking like Lady Di. Only worse because there was no way I was going to maintain that flick and, you know, oh, I was really quite upset because I thought, you know, I don't really care what I look like, but you don't pay money to go in somewhere to come out looking worse. This is not good. So, didn't go into hairdressers for a long while, but then my sister started having another go at me. Come on, you can go to a hairdressers. You can have that Madonna perm that you want. We went to a different hairdressers to try and safeguard against this idea of me getting something I didn't like. Went in, asked for my Madonna perm came out looking like Lady Di again. Needless to say, I've only actually ever been in a hairdresser six times in my life. That is true, <laughs> shows, yeah. Um, so <laughs> that was my teenagers. Next was adulthood. Am I on three? Yeah. Um, and I had, I went to uni at 18. I'd sort of blossomed a little bit before. Uh, I went to uni. My fringe was no longer halfway up my head in diagonal, and I did wash my hair before it looked completely slimy. Um, and I got a lot of male attention, and I mistook that for love and affection because my parents certainly hadn't sort of prepared me well for the world. Um, at university, I changed from being a scuff bag to a goth, um, both pretty genderless, I suppose. And at one point, I dyed my hair purple. Only I didn't, because they didn't have any purple dye. I mixed red and blue, and the result was red streaks, green streaks, blue streaks, grey streaks. It looked horrendous, but I didn't care, you know, so what? Um, I guess I probably just had a typical amount of encounters with dodgy male behaviour. The time I really remember was when I was in Athens Airport at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd been island hopping with two friends, and we hadn't slept or washed for what felt like days. So I guarded the bags and told my two friends to go and wash and they came back and I went down on my own. And I'm in the toilet, take my top off, I'm washing, and a man comes in and initially goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and backs out. And then he comes back in again and starts checking the cubicles one by one to check to see if there was anybody else in there. And all I'm doing is I've got my hands across my chest and I'm shouting, am I allowed to swear? Fuck! (laughs) <laughs> Fuck off! And I just kept doing that, and I guess he decided it was too risky, whatever it was, and he did go. And another time, I remember having my ass pinched through my duffel coat in Istanbul, and I remember thinking, you must be quite sensorily deprived if pinching my ass through my duffel coat is some kind of treat for you. <laughs> um, I became a Feminist at university, a very angry one, and I used to shout a lot, especially at my dad because he did have some views that really did stink, like he'd say to me, he worked in an air traffic control college, and he said to me, "We get these lovely 18 year- olds, they're gorgeous, they're beautiful, but they eat and drink loads, and by the time they're 21 they've ruined themselves. He used to uh, I couldn't make him understand what was wrong with that, but he gave a strong vibe that a woman 's worth was her youth and her beauty basically Um, I my the height of my activism aside from a few sit-ins maybe at the students union I don't know what we thought we were achieving but we sat well Um, and then also probably the height of my activism was when I worked briefly for British Sugar and I took an indelible marker pen and I drew bikinis on all the naked women in a nude calendar in the workshop There was absolute outrage at the damage to personal property. But the irony was, nobody suspected me because I looked too cute and innocent. (laughs) Uh, After that, I decided I was a lesbian for a bit. I tried being a lesbian, then I decided I wasn't a lesbian. I know it doesn't work like that, but I think I really just wanted to be a lesbian. It looked better. Um, And then also... There's a hair story as well that I, of remark, as an adult, I had a, a boyfriend before my husband, just apropos nothing, marched me into a hairdresser's, handed 30 quid over to the hairdresser and said, do something with that, and pointed at my head. <laughs> Next came motherhood. I don't think anyone can prepare you for the changes that happen when you have a baby. Um, I learned the name of body fluids that I hadn't previously known existed and I didn't know where my body fluids ended and my babies began and uh, I think it was sort of exhausting, sticky and you brushed your hair even less than normal. Um, So yeah, it was was actually only intense for the first eight months because then I went back to work with both my babies, went back to work and my husband became the main carer And he was brilliant at it. He could do mental load. He could do emotional labor. He ran the family. Absolutely brilliant. So don't say that men can't do that. However, he got lots of stick for not being a proper man from his parents. I got lots of stick for not being a proper woman from my parents. My mum used to have to go on and on about how lucky I was to have a husband that could cook. And I also felt really excluded when women moaned about their husbands which turns out to be quite a frequent female bonding activity it turns out <laughs> i've got no complaints from my husband and next comes where are we on six middle age where i am now the age at which women become invisible really start to become invisible that was said earlier this afternoon um although i happen to think it's one of the when we're good it's one of the best demographics we're sassy We're direct, we tell it like it is, we get on, sort stuff out. Um, I just think we're brilliant. Um, Aside from perhaps how bonkers we go with the mental pause, as I call it. (laughs) Aside from that. And then last bit, old age. Well, I hope I'm not actually, well, I don't say hope. Um, I'm not there. Um, But I would imagine that might be a time when gender, all gender, becomes quite irrelevant because perhaps I will be even more invisible. Um, And ignored, but at least nobody will bang on about what my hair is doing (laughs) Molly Potter